0: Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, where we're all about sharing the stories of the purpose-led leaders surrounding the B Corp community who are proving that making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, Nathan Stuck sits down with Kevin Rogers, the founder and managing director of Schwax Laboratories in Atlanta, Georgia. After serving 30 years as a licensed master barber, instructor, barbershop owner, and barber trade journal publisher, he founded Schwack's Laboratories with the mission of building healthier self-images through the art and science of natural hair. Nathan unpacks Kevin's founding story and how the consciousness of his surroundings, the pursuit of new relationships, and the intersection of family, purpose, and priorities led him down an incredible journey. Since 2016, Schwax Labs has now handcrafted and sold more than 10,000 units of its products, grossing over a quarter million in sales, and that pace shows every sign of acceleration. If you want to learn more about how to plug into this incredible B Corp community, visit blocalgeorgia.com. Okay, let's jump into the episode with Kevin Rogers. Take it away, Nathan.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the show today, Kevin Rogers. Founder and CEO of Schwacks. Um, super excited, A, because you know we met and then I immediately ordered a bunch of your product. So while I'm nobody can see me today, but I'm wearing a baseball cap, so I don't have it in, in my hair today. Um, and I also, we've joked before where I ordered the industrial size shampoo and conditioner. So I'll be using your products for quite some time. I'm glad I like them. So welcome to the show today, Kevin. We're excited to have you and uh, hear your story. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, today we're going to kind of talk about, you know, we, we obviously before all of these and, and we've gotten to know each other, but we kind of try to plan out a central theme and, and yours was pretty easy. Um, came to the surface very early of, of, of your journey to falling in love with service to others and kind of this this parallel journey of lifelong learning that has led you um, to where you are today. So hopefully we can unpack a lot of that today in our time together. So we'll just kind of get rolling and um kind of I'll ask you kind of a, a, a more general open-ended question. But what do you wish everyone understood about your profession and purpose? And I think this probably goes back to your your previous life as a master barber, but then even into uh entrepreneur today.
2: Yeah. Oh wow. Well, uh what do I wish you all knew? I, I, I think the barber uh, customer and product relationship is probably the central theme that I think um, the general public. I wish that more customers, either A, bought products from their barber or cosmetologist, uh, or, or even more specifically um, Barbers and cosmetologists made sure that they provided services outside of just the haircut with products. I think that synergy um, is important because a haircut is the last thing that happens, but the service through products extends to when the client leaves the shop. So, through products, your service is extended because that haircut or that hairstyle is as fresh as it's going to be the minute he pops that or she pops that cape. Cause at that moment, the hair is going to start growing and, you know, keeping that look only is going to last so long. So I I wish that relationship between barber, cosmetologist client and product was more synergized, was, was a more um, deeper relationship.
1: I love that too, because I have a similar wish because I know I, I got some headshots done, done last year and I finished, literally had an appointment to get my hair cut and then walked over to where I was doing the photo shoot because um, I knew it would never look as good.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and, so. and, and I think it also connects to, uh, in, you know, self-image. Um, you know, when we show them that mirror product is in the shot generally. And, you know, I, I, I personally and professionally, you know, think that that's an important thing. Not, not necessarily for the money, but I believe that products are a service too. You know, like the haircut, the consultation, that's a service. But between cuts, that week, two weeks, month, depending on, you know, how frequently that barber, that client or that, you know, stylist client comes back. That relationship continues, so I, I think products are—they're a service too.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that takes us—it's a perfect lead into kind of going back and unpacking your story of of how you even—I and I know we 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 joked about this in the, in the planning call, but how you got into—and um, I didn't even share my bad haircut story, by the way—how um, yeah. how you got into learning to cut hair and then. Um, kind of uh, whatever we want to call it, the the, the college side hustle <laughs> leading into a profession and then kind of discovering everything you just talked about, which has now brought you to product. So um, if you want to tell a little bit of, of that story and then also kind of the influence, I know there was somebody who kind of came into your life in college and kind of taught you um, not just how to make some money, but how to make a living as you did this. So
2: yeah, my, my my experience was during that, uh, those formidable years, you know, uh, 12, 13 year old and how important self image really is to, you know, teens and uh, got a got a bad haircut when I, I needed it most. You know, it, it was just I, I was kind of attached to my hair at that time, like waves and how I looked and was becoming aware of my you know my self-image and one bad haircut just ripped at that and uh i had 20 dollars and seven of it went to the bad haircut and i spent the regular the 13 on uh, a pair of clippers and you know actually fell in love over the next three or four years with that process of cutting the hair the hair growing back cutting the hair again. And I became my first client. And what was, what was attached to that was my self image. So I took a hold of my self image in that process. And then began, uh, people began to notice that I cut my hair. And from friends at my church, to neighbors, um, to when I did finally get to college, uh and you know my my roommates it was four of us in in our room and they saw me cut my hair and it was on like what you can wow hey cut my hair and i i was sharing that my room uh Scott Hall second floor my my door 203 right by the phone so one wing was the basketball team other wing was the football team baseball team everybody would center around those phones and People saw me cutting, and uh, uh, one young guy, I cut his hair. He had a a really good haircut. He told, you know, the barber across the street from my dorm, hey, the guy on the second floor cut my hair. He happened to be a Kappa, uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, and he had a barbershop called Capital K-A-P-P-A-T-L, Cuts. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, how much are you making? Uh, cutting hair in the dorm, you know? And, and for me, it was, I bought a pair of tennis shoes. I could eat McDonald's, didn't have to eat food, could go to the mall, buy a pair of jeans or whatever. But, you know, $3 a cut was my hustle. And he said, no, give me that three. And his name was Junius Thompson. And uh, still a, a mentor of sorts to this day. And uh, he was like, give me the three, you keep five. I charge eight at my barbershop and you will be a black man with a business isn't that why you came to norfolk state university and at 17 years old it it made a lot of sense you know it it made a lot of sense and he he instilled the entrepreneurial spirit like he fortified that in me for me it was just my self-image but at that point i became responsible in a way for other people's self-image. And so that was my introduction to the service of barbering, the service of it. And uh, I ended up having a barbershop at 19, a capital cuts franchise. I sold that, did some other entrepreneurial you know, efforts, um, but ended up uh, in Atlanta, Georgia in 1993. And when I got here barbering, uh, took a warp speed. Like, I, I was cutting hair on Brockett Road. I was literally making $1,200 a week, you know, $120, $10 haircuts. Uh, we were the only barber shop at Brockett Road and Ponce de Leon. It was a booming area. And that's when barbering, you know, the light came on like, man, you are a master barber and you can make a living doing this. And uh, opened up a shop soon thereafter, Metro Cut and Curls. That was, that was my second uh, franchise and, or, or the, fir- the second shop that I owned, but the one that I started. And uh, it, it was definitely an experience. And so, you know, barbering led me for a good 20 years here down the road of service equals purpose. Like right? You know, there was a synergy between what i provided and what i was able to receive and being a barber for a first child's haircut or cutting someone's hair before they transition and that everything else in between became part of me and so my my education in life came in that barber entrepreneurial space and I feel like I, I graduated of sorts into product. Uh, one, one thing I felt funny about being a barber for 30 years, you, you feel like, okay, this, is this it? Where do I, where do I grow? And uh, I, I had gotten my instructor's license, barber instructor's license in the process and had to read my barber book, textbook as an instructor. Now, not as a student, but to teach it to other people. And that's when I actually learned well, a barber can be more than just a barber. A barber can be a barbershop owner. Like, yeah, okay, I get that. You could also be a trade journal writer. Like, we, we don't have a trade journal. I started Barber Matrix, you know, so switch after switch, or you can be a product. You know, one of my biggest advertisers was uh, Namaste Laboratories. They had Organic Root Stimulator, uh, which was a product line out of Chicago. They flew me up to Blue Island and I got acclimated to the whole product manufacturing idea and how important a magazine and mass communications and how that relationship worked. And that inspired me uh, to actually create a barber product. But I didn't jump on it until after I went to a barbershop in New York for an interview, uh, Paul Molay Barbershop, which uh, Paul Molay was an Italian barber who created a brushless shaving cream. And uh, I saw his his lineage really. These were the things that kind of prodded me, poked me, pushed me to think, OK, there's more to barbering than just standing behind the chair. There's a big world out there that you can be a part of that service, the, the service of products. And that's how Schwack's Laboratories came into being.
1: I just I love going back. I'm one of those people I always use. I don't know if i stole the quote from somewhere probably but you're where you're supposed to be um how life works itself out that literally a bad haircut when you were a kid like dude, <laughs> you know like i mean you always yeah. think and you get so stuck in the moment you see things as so negative and right. man i did mess my hair up um i still remember my dad giving me a racing stripe um i yeah. <laughs> wasn't i wasn't i had the like miami high top fade back in the day and i would so i would I would do the sides by myself, I mean you just come up to the line, but I couldn't get to the back, and my dad yeah. forgot to put the guard on Ooh. um, and just yelled out for my mom and she came in and let out some explosions and goes, "Richard, what did you do to him oh. and <laughs> we had to bring the back line up really high anyway uh I did not end up, but that was my like I'm never cutting my own hair again that was my like, <laughs> um but that's that's so that's so amazing too, because I hear as I listen to that story, it's not only the people who who well the, the person who gave you the motivation to i'm not paying people i'm doing this myself but also the people who kind of took you under their wing um and then your own curiosity that just kind of 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 led you to like what else yeah. um because you've even called kind of barbering is, is almost like a ministry of service but like as you've evolved product you know from from barber to you know trade journals and and now making product like What has changed as far as like leadership and your perspective, your approach to business? Like, how has that evolved as as both you as a person um, have grown, but also um, your business?
2: Man, well, I'll say it to you like this. I I learned that barbers are not all the same. Right. Like, you know, we tend to we tend to think, okay, because I'm a barber and you're a barber where we think alike, when in reality, we, we could be totally nothing alike. I learned that, you know, subculture, there's culture, there's subculture, there is a culture of barbering, but there are many subcultures within the barbering industry. And mm-hmm. so learning, you know, how to, how to speak, you know, in the various subcultures is extremely important. You know, when I when I published the Barber Trade Journal, I remember I I was going around from shop to shop and I would take my my magazine or at the point at the beginning, it was more like a newsletter. Then it, you know, I actually started printing and, you know, that was exciting. Um, But at the in the early stages, I was just dropping it off and wasn't getting any feedback. And then I, I remember I went to a shop and a young man looked at the magazine and he was like, what am I supposed to do with this? And, you know, my, my reaction was like, like, read it. Like, you know, he was like, you know, but I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm a part, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. I don't need your help. And I was, I was floored, you know, because here I am thinking I'm helping you, you know, and but, but what I had to realize is that the, there are cultures, like I said, subcultures, barbering, and you, and you have to really, you know, one guy looked at me and he said, hey, man, you know what you need? You need to make this like Jet Magazine. You need to have like a bathing beauty in there. And, and I was just like, no, man, this is about the art, the science, the economics, the social responsibility of barbering. And they were looking at me like, no, it's not why I'm here, you know. So, so I had to kind of drop in, in leadership. I had to drop my thinking. I had to abandon what I believed for truth. And that's not always an easy thing to do, you know, letting go of what I believe for what the truth is. The truth is, there is a wide variety of barbers, and they're at various stages and various um, educational levels and cultural dispositions and so. Being able to reach them takes a much broader way of thinking if your goal is to genuinely reach them. And so that that's something that I had to 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 evolve um, as as I I use that word leader, you know, very cautiously because, you know, you you have to have people following you. You know what I mean? Like to, (laughs) to actually lead them. Um, but but I I think there's a way to be effective at sharing and and impacting others, and and I and I I believe I'm learning that I'm learning that I'm in the process of that.
1: The great I mean, if anything, it's a, it's like a great lesson on uh, empathy as well of understanding mm-hmm. other people's situations, and 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 there is something fun about getting older and, and getting wiser and and learning things like that along the way of like you know what if i listen to people more than i just projected my opinion assuming everybody thinks like i do word it's one of the i don't know it's one of those things no i don't want to be young again i'm, I'm enjoying this journey so yeah big time and then and then at some point too you got um involved with uh the Gos- the i can never pronounce it correctly go business <laughs> school and Emory's I should have just said Emery um, with their start me program. Um, and I'm just kind of curious to like, what, what drew you to it? And then how, how has it impacted you as, as both an entrepreneur and kind of along that, that leadership? Um, I'm using journey too much, but I can't think of a better synonym.
2: I'm kind of embarrassed because truthfully uh, I, 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 I knew absolutely nothing about start me. Like I was, I I was, my daughter was an athlete at Charles R. Drew Charter School in Eastlake. Shout out to the Eastlake Foundation and that whole crew. And I wanted, my daughter played soccer and she ran cross country and she was a cheerleader. And so for me, I was always going to some event at Charles, at Drew. So I'm always going to other schools and I'm seeing banners from a plumber to a car dealership to, you know, Coca-Cola on the fence so i'm like i want my banner i want a schwax banner on on a soccer field i want you know that was my thinking and that was all i cared about i didn't i didn't look i was i was in hustle mode i'm like i'm gonna get a banner on a soccer field somebody soccer field so i had put the word out and i was going to a principal's coffee and uh he you know i asked the prince hey how can I put a banner on the soccer field? And he kind of chuckled. He's like, well, hey, um, there's this meeting that they're having over at the East, East Lake Commons. Maybe you might want to go to that and maybe they can help you do that. I go to this meeting and it's a Start Me cohort meeting. And I'm sitting in there and they're talking about, if you have a business and you want to get better at it, why don't you sign up and apply for this really wonderful accelerator that we got going on and and i'm like um can anybody here tell me how to put a banner on the soccer field <laughs> you know <laughs> they looking at me like no but we can help you with a business plan and i was like i i i don't i don't want a business plan. you know i want to put a, a banner on the soccer field that was how i walked into that room like literally and they 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 just kept chipping away at things that made sense, like you know if you don't have a business plan, then you don't really have a plan to succeed like do you have goals? what are your goals next week like do you have capital do you what, what, where you know it, it it just one question after the next started hitting me upside the head like dummy you you don't have any of that you might have one or two but 10 things they said. That led me to actually applying. And I sat down and it was a really, really cool application because it basically made me do like this preliminary business plan on a page, right? Like just really four quadrants that I actually had to think about it. And that thinking, that spark is how I connected with StartMe. And man, the rest is like history. I mean, it went from getting accepted to start me. Um, I remember I had just dropped my daughter off at Savannah State and we were driving back and I got the call from Brian like, hey, uh, we want to invite you to be a part of our 2018 cohort. And I was like, what? Like, really? Like, you guys think I could? Yeah. Yeah. Of course we do. we looking forward to see you know, and uh, graduating through that program was awesome. Like. Every Tuesday we would break bread with mentors. Like, you know, my my group, I had someone in construction, someone in hotels, someone that was like a a a lender, I had a corporate lawyer in my my group. And every every Tuesday they were looking me dead in the eye like, what are you trying to do? What is it that you wanna do? Well, how are you gonna? what's your plan kevin what do you you know and they were relentless they were just like hey you know if you really want to do what you say you want to do you got to have a plan your business plan you're gonna have to do the numbers come on where's the account well, you know it was just a overload and when it ended and i graduated i was just like wow and then emory had another group uh consult your community cyc it was a group of students who wanted to be business analysts. And then they sat down and and I was really fortunate because I was having withdrawal, you know, after 14 weeks of being inundated with information and challenging me, then I move over to, what do I do, you know, I need help. Like, I I don't wanna stop this and CYC kicked in. And then Emory EIIG, the Impact Investment Group, they ended up kicking in and I, I ended up being awarded a well it was a $10,000 loan which helped me expand on all of the things that I had done in start me all of the planning and smart goals that I had set and then that moved me to actually expanding my business and it was it was it is cuz it's still going you know it's it's an amazing process being a part of that that family man start me literally changed my business mentality big time
1: another crazy uh example that we keep we keep getting i mean and, and maybe these these and i think everybody probably has that story but like you know they say luck is is now i'm not of course i'm gonna draw a blank on a quote but luck is you know is when hard work and determination when you know like meet opportunity right and and you were doing that and you were putting yourself in a chance to be successful and you were asking the right questions and then but then luckily, you just really wanted a banner a soccer field and it's
2: yeah, like I just wanted a banner
1: <laughs> But it's, it's it is man it's just kind of it's just funny how how life works out when you're working hard and putting yourself in a position to be successful that those opportunities have their unique way of finding you so yeah. I don't know if that's stealing the thunder from from one of my last questions for you, but um for purpose led um social entrepreneurs whatever whatever um you know popular phrase we want to throw out there that's going around right now, what advice would you have for somebody in your shoes, maybe you know early twenties kind of starting something, or maybe even you know late thirties late forties it's going out into that world? What advice would
2: you give them cool uh i I say this in not to chase performance I know that's that's a, a kind of a hard pill to swallow um but Not chasing performance, being conscious of what's going on around you, being conscious of the problem that you would like to solve as an entrepreneur, being prepared to adapt. And I don't want to convolute it with a whole lot of other stuff, but I I think chasing performance can, it can, it can, it can be dangerous. It, It cannot end good. If you have like a a sincere passion for something, that will not lead you wrong. Like, you know, if you want to help others, if you really see a problem and you want to solve and be a part, because you may not be able to solve the problem, but you might want to be a part of the solution. You can be, and not to ever give up on that. You know, you might have to adjust how you view your participation you 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 might have to drop some illusions of grandeur you know but but yeah don't chase don't chase performance and be prepared to to adjust adjust along the way it's it's that's something that it's like breathing you know you you take in you give out you have to be able to adjust to fit a lot of times we want to do it on our own we we, we, we let our passion overrule our our intellect. And it. Ha- I believe it's a balance between the two. You know, I, I really do. I think I don't know how to encapsulate it and put a button on it. But that's that's what I'm learning. That's where I am at this point in the journey. And hopefully that'll translate to, to someone here.
1: Yeah, I think it's I mean, it comes back to some what you talked about earlier too with you know some of the it wasn't exactly your verbatim quote but like, you know listen more than you're speaking you know like you've 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 been a student you've you've collected mentors and advisors and friends and trusted you know people that you can bounce ideas off of and when something isn't working and your passion wants that to be the the product or or the service um not letting that passion get in the way when maybe you do need to pivot i think yeah. is is a is a great way to of even for you, as as your career has evolved into kind of like this is the product. and I know even lately there's been even a, a slight pivot. So all right, before I let you go, I' love to ask this question to uh, to to everybody, but uh, what's the one question you wish i had asked you
2: Oh uh, <sighs> um, family like where does where does family fit in? to business like how does family fit into this walk as an entrepreneur because you know in my life it has been central um to every single solitary move that I've ever made you know it 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 always has centered around family you know my wife uh, then my daughters Uh, Now my mom, um, just that's, I think as entrepreneurs, uh, I, I won't put it on anybody else, but I have, I've always had to wrestle um, with, you know, some of my earlier failures um, in the entrepreneurship efforts because of not putting that as prominent as it should have been. Uh, family, so anytime we talk entrepreneurship, I think we always have to make sure that we incorporate them into our thinking.
1: Family. Yeah, striking striking that balance as well. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about you know what the successful business plan, and you see that a lot of times where it's like if you're not taking into account too your time and, and time spent with family and time spent with loved ones and time spent on yourself. Yeah. Um yeah. you don't really have a successful business plan yet. No, you don't. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we could go on for hours, but uh yeah, <laughs> we're working on a time limit. So <laughs> Kevin, uh as always, I appreciate it. I'm always excited when I have conversations with people that I have conversations with that we get to now take one of those and make it public so everybody gets to listen into us. Um talking about entrepreneurship and leadership, and um just grateful to have gotten to know you. Grateful for you to have unpacked your story. And, uh, and Kevin, if people want to get in touch with you, follow you, what are the best ways to do that?
2: Oh, uh, on Instagram, if they want to follow our journey. Uh, Instagram uh, at brand, And, uh, you know, that's always a good place to catch us. We're always trying to, you know, put up something that it goes to all of my other accounts. I'm, I'm, I'm an Instagrammer. I don't really... I Facebook through Instagram, like everything that I put on Instagram, it it goes to my Twitter, it goes to my, and, and, and that's, that's kind of, I think Instagram is a great place to start.
1: And I'm unlike you, I'm a LinkedIn only, um, Instagram for my Christmas decorations, but we'll follow you anyway. (laughs) Oh yeah. And we didn't, I'm not going to end this podcast without saying B Corp at least once, but I'm looking forward to that part of your journey as well. Uh, Kevin, uh, thanks again for for coming on today. And uh, just always a pleasure to share these conversations. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful for this opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate this show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast or grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go and be a leader worth following.